and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up to the Bread and Circuses podcast, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy the clown show. Welcome back once again, Bread and Circuses Podcast. I am Rooster here with Crow. Hello. How you doing, Crow? Good. Uh, did you enjoy your week off from podcasting? Yeah, because I just sat around. I didn't. I didn't imbibe in any um, uh, technology or news. I just like whittled wood the whole time. You did? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I made a bunch of toothpicks. Okay, you didn't carve anything cool. Toothpicks are cool. Pretty no. fancy when I get done with them. Well, yeah, I mean, I probably would have been better off doing that. <laughs> so what did you do? The same old, same old, get pissed off about uh, all the uh, corruption and the uh, uh, hypocrisy in the government and in business. I notice your beard's getting longer and your hair's getting shorter. You're trying to <laughs> get ready, getting ready for the, uh, for the uh, hugathon the states are going to, we're going to have together as states, you know, hands across America kind of thing. I just want to be like well-kempt for that. Yeah. No stray hairs. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> not the Civil War. Just uh, nothing to do with that. Just uh, just want to be well presentable for, for when we when we finally get together as a nation. Jesse Kelly keeps calling it <clears throat> our upcoming divorce. Yeah, national divorce. I've heard Tim Poole said that too. Yeah. Well, Tim better decide which fucking side he's on because he keeps saying he's on one, but he acts like he's on the other. Yeah. So... And he owns a lot of guns now. He keeps he keeps talking about, well, probably not as much, but he talks about owning guns like Sean Hannity talks about mixed martial yeah, arts. Yeah, being a mixed martial artist, training every day. I heard Hannity say that today. He goes, well, now I'm an injured mixed martial artist. It's like, I loved when God. Rogan was like, oh, shut up. Yeah, he does need to shut up about that. Yeah, it's, it's like that guy would go around and be like, I'll get a black belt in jiu-jitsu, you know? Mm-hmm. I fucked up my shoulder, but... Uh, my shoulder wasn't fucked up. but totally messed people up. <laughs> yep. So, is that, as my kids would call him, a tryhard. Yep. So, well, you going to ask me what I did on my break? Uh, I know what you did. What did I did? Uh, didn't you do some like horse husbandry or something like that? What? Or was it the cow insemination? I can't remember which one you told me. One of those two. No, I was, I was actually going to be serious. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what you get for asking me to my, ask you. My kids have like the busiest schedules ever. Um, and it's all stuff that they want to do, but man, it takes up a lot of time. Every day I look at my calendar and I'm like, I got nothing, but the kids have a ton of stuff. So anyway, keep that in mind. All you people thinking about having kids, mm-hmm. they take up a shit ton of your time. It's like, you gotta do stuff for them, you know? So, all right. What do we got? Well, there's all kinds of stuff to talk about. We've missed. Can't believe it. We've missed stuff that's probably not as relevant anymore. So we'll just move on to the new stuff. Let's uh, talk about. Um, let's talk about General Milley. That seems uh, that fine, upstanding human being. And let's remember it. So, well, this this is he was uh, under the uh, I don't know how many administrations. Joint chief of staff, I believe. Yeah, but he was under Trump, and he kind of pretended that he was on board with Trump and all Trump stuff. And then as soon as Trump was gone and he was working for the Biden, you know, in the Biden administration or under them, then he started coming up with all the woke shit 
like uh, on board with woke shit. So he's the one that said, uh, you know, I'm very interested to learn of, about white rage. I think that's very important. It's mm-hmm. like, fuck you. That's not, that's not the role of the military and it's nonsense. And then he's the, he's the one that decided that, um, are amongst the ones that decided that the military's biggest issue was white supremacist, you know, infiltration in the, in the military. That's, that's one of his biggest concerns. The, well, and is it, is it Lloyd Austin? Who's the secretary of defense now? And oh, he was, uh, he's also pushing that stuff too. So, but this is the guy that, uh, you know, that's pulling that kind of shit now. And then come to find out that, uh, he basically committed treason. Well, technically not to split hairs. I don't know if he actually committed or it. he colluded to commit treason, I guess. I think, uh, it would be like the difference between planning to rob a bank and robbing a bank. Okay. Yeah. Lloyd Austin is the United States secretary of defense. All right, so here's an art. We'll start with this article. This will kind of sum it up. Well, well just before we get there, the, the difference between what we're saying is he apparently called up his counterpart in in the Chinese yeah. military and said, hey, and, and I understand this. I mean, it could look to people from the outside, like after the January 6th thing, the way our media was spinning it, like the country was going to have a full-blown revolution. And he called them up and basically said, hey, you know, our government's stable and I could see, I could see that being posed in a way like, don't think you can fuck with us right now. But then he went on to say, so we're not planning to attack you, but if we did, I'll let you know it's coming. Yeah. And basically saying Trump's unstable, but we'll, we'll try to keep him under, under check. And, but if he decides to do something, you will, you'll know far and ahead. We'll let you know. Yeah. We'll um, let you know when the attack's coming. Now it seems to me there was uh um, general Flynn, when Trump was the Trump administration was coming in, same kind of timeline, called up his counterpart. Um, he was the National Security Agency head yeah. or whatever. Called up, uh, is it Krizliak? Anyway, called him up and said, "Hey, just calm down. No, uh, you know they've Obama's amped up the anti-Russian stuff here a lot. We're gonna be taking over in a couple months. Let's just settle down. We'll talk once we're done." Okay. Well, isn't that the same conversation Millie is claiming he had with the exception of he said, I'll tell you when the attack's coming. Yeah. If we had actually attacked them, which would be foolish because just like it would be foolish for us that superpowers in this current age should not fight. Um, But and he told them that was coming. Not only would that get thousands of people killed, it could be crippling to our military. Yeah, it would be absolutely traitorous. I mean, by comparison, if someone in the Japanese, now it would have worked out great for us, if someone in the Japanese Navy had tipped off the United States that Pearl Harbor was coming a day in advance, that war would have ended right right then. Yeah. So, so he didn't, I think in the legal definition, actually commit treason. But let's go ahead and just call it that. It, he, look, he fully intended to. Right. Um. I'm not going to, I'm not a lawyer and I'm not worried about getting sued. So I'm just going to, we're going to call it what it, what it is without worrying about the legal ramifications. Damn the details. Damn the details. Um, this is from red state. Uh, the headline is, uh, Tucker Carlson's, uh, uh, he says Miley committed or Millie, sorry, committed treason. Others implicated, and there it is. Fox News host Tucker Carlson on Wednesday night just came out and said it. Bottom line, General Mark Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, committed treason and should be fired. He was, and this is uh, 
a tweet from Howie Mann. Mark Milley was seizing personal control of America's nuclear arsenal. He went around the room and demanded his officers submit to his authority, not the president. Mark Milley was now in charge. Yeah, that's, you know, you heard that, that he basically went around the room and said, this is how it is. If, if the president or the administration says anything about anything when it comes to war, unless I'm in the loop, you're not to do it. And, and he went to each person and got a verbal commitment that the, that, that was the case. Um, and he said that's an oath. He basically considered that an oath at that point from all the people that he was working with. Uh, at people issue, like that are dangerous. At issue for the beleaguered general are two blockbuster claims made in Bob Woodward and Robert Costa's new book, Peril. Those two claims are as followed, follows as reported by the Washington Examiner. And here it is. At the end of the Trump presidency, Milley appears to have given an illegal order to countermand the president's authority to launch a nuclear strike and a second order in which Milley purport purportedly told his Chinese counterpart he, counterpart he would tip him off if President Donald Trump were to order an attack on China. Uh, Woodward and Costa obtained a trans transcript that provides details of the call between Milley and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, because we, we didn't mention that, because Pelosi was on tape before this saying, you know, uh, generals, you need to basically uh, go against Trump. In these in the last however many months here he has oh, i didn't even know that yeah pelosi is said it on live I, I remember saying that um they might even have it in the article here so uh provides details of the call between milley and house speaker nancy pelosi, nancy pelosi two days after the assault by trump supporters in the u.s capitol in which pelosi says the president is unhinged and dangerous he's crazy you know he's crazy pelosi tells milley he's crazy and what he did yesterday is further evidence of his craziness as transcribed by Woodward and Costa, Miley replies, I agree with you on everything. The book details how Milley summoned senior officers to review the procedure for launching nuclear weapons and saying he needed to be in the loop, even though he is not in the chain of command. I can guarantee you, you can take it to the bank that there'll be that the nuclear triggers are secure and we're not going to allow anything crazy, illegal, immoral, or unethical to happen, he tells Pelosi on the call. Here's my question in all this. What led anyone to believe that Trump would order a nuclear strike on China? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's more uh, um, what's the term transference or, or it's it's these unhinged liberals realized that that they they know that's in their heart to do something crazy like that, so they put that on some what's that called um, when you when you projection projection. So they're projecting on their. Their, their opposition, what they feel that they would end up doing. So they're terrified because they know they'd do it. But I just, it, even so, what, I'm not seeing the line from, well, I, I guess he's uh, not happy about not being president. Right. But they've had experience. Pelosi, Pelosi, yeah. Pelosi and Schumer have had up, up close and personal. And we've even seen a couple of these um, broadcasts where they had these arguments with Trump. And I'm sure behind the scenes are even worse. And they're not used to being talked to like that. You know, they're dignified. They're statesmen. They can't be talked to like that. He's unhinged. Who would talk to them like that? But he's unhinged. Well, I remember a couple of years into the Trump presidency, there was that photo op they did with him and uh, Pelosi and Schumer in the in the White House, like talking. And those two were the ones who sounded unhinged. I mean, he was being polite and... Yeah, well, according to them, they, they just it was it was beyond the pale how he treat how he did. Nancy sit like this, trying to keep her teeth in Probably. the whole time. Uh, so so they they think they thought yeah this guy 
How dare he? I mean, this is not, this is not a rational person. This isn't how you treat us. So, so they obviously didn't think he was rational because a rational person just, you know, does what they're told and does the system as part of the, you know, um, the whole um, bread and circuses. They're all part of that. I've never heard that phrase yeah. before. Um, so, what's it mean? Uh, on, That'd be a good name for a podcast. <laughs> on Wednesdays, Tucker Carlson tonight. Uh, he didn't but pull. no one would understand it. <laughs> you have to explain it. And then you kind of forget what it is. Huh? What are we talking about? Yeah. He didn't pull any punches. There's something about the term deep state that sounds paranoid, even nutty, said Tucker. As of just a few years ago, you mostly heard the phrase from relics of the far left. The kind of people who lecture you about the United Fruit Company and the toppling of, uh, I can't even pronounce this, M- Mossadegh. I've never heard of that. M-O-S-A-D-D-E-G-H. Sounds Irish or Scottish. No idea. Uh, The term then and now suggests that our democracy is fake. Elections and domestic politics are a sideshow. No matter who you voted for, in the end, the same people still run everything. That's a pretty dark understanding of the American system. If you're a normal person who grew up here, it's the last thing you want to believe about your country. It seems crazy. And then you read stories like this one. How do you spell that word again? What was it? M-O-S-A-D-D-E-G-H. Okay. So he added, okay, according to reporting to reporting this summer, in the days after last November's election, Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, held a meeting with senior military officials at the Pentagon. Mike Milley wanted to inform them of what he described as a serious threat to national security, a threat so grave it imperiled the stability of the republic. That threat, Milley said, was the sitting president of the United States. Donald Trump had dared to question the election results. For this, Milley explained, the United States military might be required to use physical force against the president. We're the guys with guns, Milley said. He had apparently been preparing for this moment. Milley had similar conversations with the director of the CIA, Gina Haspel, as well as with the head of the NSA, Paul Nakasone. He also spoke directly to Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, Trump's chief political rivals. Here, uh, here's Tucker on uh, Milley's call with his Chinese counterpart, General Li uh, Zucheng. Miley called his or Milley, I keep wanting to say Miley. Milley called his counterpart in, counterpart in China, a general called Li Zucheng. Uh, Milley did not tell his boss, the president, about the call either before he made it or afterwards. Here was Milley's message for the communist Chinese military. General Lee, I want to assure you that the American government is stable and everything is going to be okay. We're not going to attack or conduct any kinetic operations against you. And then reportedly, Milley said this, General Lee, you and I have known each other for five years. If we're going to attack, I'm going to call you ahead of time. It's not going to be a surprise. See that right there. That could lead to thousands of people dying. Yep. Just saying that, uh, and, and here's the thing, isn't that the kind of the job of diplomats to kind of like assuage the fears of, you know, it's not like the military generals that are supposed to be doing this. They're, they're supposed, you're, you're supposed to be scared of the military of, 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 they're supposed to be scared of our military. Mm-hmm. They're not supposed to be assuaged by this, that if, if anything, our diplomats are supposed to be over there going, look, okay, the generals and the president are saying this, but this is what's really happening. That's what Democrat, uh, the diplomats are for. Well, and again, I... I don't think this is what was happening, but I could see someone making the case for saying, hey, these two know each other. They're not friends, but they know each other. And Millie is saying, hey, it doesn't look at, it's not as bad over here as it looks. So don't fuck around. Don't try and do anything stupid. 
But then to go on and say, we're going to tell you it's coming. I mean, not to equate the two things, but by way of analogy, if you were a, uh, if you were an offensive lineman on a football team, okay, and you had friends on the other team, or maybe you were betting on the other team to there win. There we go. You walk up from the huddle and just go, hey, guys, we're throwing a pass. Just, mm-hmm. you know. What would happen to that guy? He'd be cut. He'd be out of there. Wouldn't be allowed to play again. Nobody would take him. You wouldn't say he was a hero. Well, that's what the left is saying. Yeah. They think the guy's a hero. Like like uh, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton were saying today, they said, we just at, we at least, and maybe it was Jesse um, – Jesse Kelly, who was saying this, I can't remember the two, which ones, uh, said, we sort of expected some denials. Like, no, that's not what we said. Yeah, it didn't say that. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I told them. I said that. Well, here, here's, okay, as of today, the September 15th, this is from InfoWars, um, Jamie White, General Milley confirms secret phone call to China. He defends his treasonous action as part of his duties. Uh, yeah, he... Uh, Instead of denying that he made two secret phone calls outside the military chain of command to Chinese counterparts, counterparts before and after the two, uh, 2020 election claiming Trump may attack them, Milley said he was just doing his job. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs regularly communicates with chiefs of defense across the world, including with China and Russia, Milley spokesman Colonel Dave Butler said in a statement Wednesday. He calls with the Chinese and others in October and January. His calls. Uh, with the Chinese and others in October and January were in keeping with its duties and responsibilities conveying reassurance in order to maintain strategic stability. Joe Biden, the Pentagon, and several other deep state minions also came to bat for the embattled general following the explosive report made in journalist Bob Woodward's book, Peril. The Pentagon defended Milley, reportedly operating outside military chain of command when conducting a secret meeting on January 8th, ordering DOD officials not to obey lawful commands from then-President Trump without his presence. I see nothing in what I read that would cause any concern. Pentagon spokesman John Kirby told reporters Wednesday. Yeah, Kirby is something else. Uh, Joe Biden's press secretary, Jen Psaki, likewise said the Biden administration has complete confidence in Milley while also accusing former President Trump of fomenting insurrection. Trump's former national security advisor and deep state minion John Bolton also defended Milley's secret correspondence with communist China. Mark Milley is a staunch supporter of the Constitution and the rule of law. His patriotism is unquestioned, Bolton said in a statement, ignoring the lawmakers currently calling for Milley to be court-martialed and removed. Uh, Yeah. Bolton then noted that many members of the National Security Council were informed of Milley's actions. That makes it even worse. But this is all spiraling out of control for them. It, it really well, is. And remember, this is not the only like treasonous activity. Uh, there was another, um, was it Syria? When they, when, when Trump, God, I wish I had the story for me. Trump made an order about to do something in Syria, I believe. And they came out afterwards and said, yeah, we just ignored it. We didn't do it. And they were proud of it. Remember that? No, I don't. Oh, it was a big story. We, we reported on it. There's so much happening. That's why like it's so memory hole. Everything memory hole so fast. But another thing, just like this happened, where you couldn't, I couldn't believe it, that they just blatantly ignored his orders, and they said, yeah, we just told them we're doing it, but we didn't do it. And they were proud of that. And the oh, media yeah, was, it was withdrawing some troops. Yeah, and the media's like, huh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they really stuck it to Trump, didn't they? They thought it was great. It's like, I know. are you fucking kidding me? Well, and here's what I worry about with this stuff. 
two parts of this. The part I worry about on the left is it they are in a maniacal power grab here. They're doing everything they can to hang on to it. And the curtain's getting pulled back a little on what's going on. And so they are trying to um, every time something bad happens, like so they have this cataclysmic Afghanistan withdrawal. So they want to go to the the vaccine mandates. And when they find out that the vaccine mandate isn't working and they can't, because OSHA is now saying there's no way they can enforce it. They don't have the yeah, manpower. We'll talk about that next. Yeah. So uh, they're going to come up with something else. And when you are an authoritarian, which I'm sorry to explain to people who don't get this, as you go left on the political spectrum, you get bigger government and more authoritarianism. Every dystopian society that's ever existed in a movie or literature is coming from the left. What you get on the extreme right is anarchy. It's the loss of... It's it's like survival of the fittest. It's absolute freedom. Yeah. It's people can do whatever they want. You know, and we've gotten all mixed up because these people on the left who are really authoritarians, they're Nazis. They're, they get together in big groups and they threaten and intimidate people um, like Antifa and everything. They're not anarchists. They're, they're fascists. Yeah. So what I worry about is as these people think, again, it's that whole thing about you see if, if you're a hammer, every problem's a nail. The hammer method for the left is just to continue to buckle down on stuff. You know, to, to double down and say, nope, we got to now we're going to have to have a, a federal mask mandate and we're going to have to shut down schools and they're going to do all sorts of stuff like that. I think um, the problem problem with that is, is, yeah, they are they're they're shooting for the moon with everything. Right. They're trying to do the the, the most ridiculous aspect of what they want. They're trying to get to the, the, the pinnacle of it immediately. Right. But the problem is they're they're getting met halfway which halfway is still shit. Right. But the problem is for them, every time one of their things fails, like now this three and a half trillion dollar infrastructure thing they want to do, that's going to fail. And Bernie Sanders is going, no, three and a half was the compromise. Well, Joe Manchin, who's the linchpin in this whole thing, came out and goes, I'm not voting for it. Yeah. I'm not. And even Kristen Cinema, who I, you know, I'll be honest. I think the right was painting her as just a far out wacko. Uh, leftist, she's turned out to be pretty moderate. Still, don't want her in there as a senator, but she's nowhere near as bad as everybody says she was going to be. She's saying, "Hey, I won't vote for it either." And there are some other senators in there who are in red states who know that if they vote for this thing, they're out. So now they're not going to get their infrastructure package. Every time they fail, their ratings go lower and lower and lower. And their reaction to any of this stuff is, "I'm going to make you do it." And so they're just going to get more authoritarian. What I worry about from the people on the, on the right is if you lose all hope that you can have any effect on your government, whether it's through voting or now you find out guys like Millie who are in the Pentagon just go, I'm just not going to do what yeah. I don't agree with. What recourse do you have? Well, and there's, there's only two. Yeah. One of them is stay home, don't vote buy some land and get the fuck away from everybody that only works for so many people. What's the other one? Yeah. 
pick up uh, pick yeah. up your you know it's uh your fun sticks as Matt uh, Matt pick up your multi tools and go to work. <laughs> As Matt Christensen said in a recent video, he said, uh, you know, not to violate Susan's rule, he goes, but there's a there's a quote from Thomas Jefferson about a tree. Look it up. Yeah. You know, well, and that's that's the problem is you're you're saying that the Democrats are are, uh, overplaying their hand. The problem is half the country doesn't care. Half the country, I think, or or sometimes maybe even more than half. It's maybe, you know, give or take. They don't care. They want to be ruled. They want big daddy government to tell them what to do and tell everybody else what to do. As long as they have, you know, um, food in their belly and, uh, and Netflix and, uh, you know, um, whatever debauchery that they're into, they're able to watch porn. They're happy. It's almost like they've been distracted with food and entertainment. (laughs) (laughs) We should just keep circling back to that, I guess. Phrase for that. So, but that, that is a lot of the populace more, more so than we initially thought there was. It's, it's more so. And so we've got that on one hand and then pizza and porn. That's the phrase. (laughs) Pizza and porn. Yes. (laughs) And then on the other hand, you're seeing what, what you get where the elites are getting, there's a two tier justice system. The elites get away with everything. There's never consequences for anybody for doing anything that are in the, you know, the elite, uh, you know, the, either ultra rich or the political elites. And so we're, we're seeing, you know, your regular citizens getting the full force of, uh, of the, the legal system and, and, uh, military sometimes even come, come after them, um, or not military, but you know, the SWAT like law enforcement coming after them, uh, militarized law enforcement was, I was trying to think of. And so we're going, okay, but what's our recourse? Well, our recourse is voting. And then you find out during the last election, it was a complete fucking fraud. Well, and I don't think it's uh, that half the country doesn't care. I think there is 20% of the country who's fully on board with what they're doing. Yeah. And I think there's 20% of the country that absolutely hates it. So there's about the 60% in the middle that go, that range from, well, it's not such a bad idea to, eh, how bad can it get? You know? Yeah. And I think you're starting to see, like you said, as long as people are fed and entertained, they're not going to say too much. Well, and that's why the Democrats keep pushing and pushing and pushing to get as many people payouts until the next election cycle. They, but but you can, that's a check that comes due. It, it will come due eventually, right. But they're, like you said, they're pushing, they're, they're shooting for the moon right now, and they're going to try to get as much um, ability to, to put that thumb on the scale, especially for elections, because they know they were able to get away with it before. So they're trying to double down. Some of it's getting, some of it's not happening because you've got people like Rand Paul and other senators that are, that are keeping, keeping like the, uh, the latest, um, big deep state push. I can't remember what the law was, but Rand Paul was one of the senators says, no, 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 we're not doing this. This is going to confirm, um, election fraud, or this is going to make election fraud easy going forward for I you. I think it's HR one. Yeah. So, You've got. They want to federalize the election. Yeah, a few, a few, a few senators stepping up to that, and the Democrats realize everything they need, everything Democrats do is to get reelected, so they can get more power, so they can get, so they can get a, f- a further mandates in their elections, and so if we have another election like this next set of elections, they might not have the infrastructure in place to, to you know, f- uh, truly you know f- cheat, cheat like they did in the presidential one. But they're working on it. And if the next presidential election turns out anywhere near as fraudulent as the last one, 
I mean, that's when you go, okay, that's it. We're done. We're done playing nice. We're done playing by the rules. You know, it's time to pick up that multi-tool and, you know, get to, get to work. Go fix the deck. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Why are you doing quotation marks? I'm not. Air quotes. No, you're winking. Oh. <laughs> but um, it's frustrating because I don't want to get to that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I like having a comfortable bed to sleep in. I like having the ability to, you know, go out and eat when I want and eat what I want when I want and, and find work when I want it and, um, you know, drive my car and go on vacations. I like that. I don't want uh, everything to go to shit just to prove a point. I, I really don't. Um, but if everything starts going to shit, I don't want to start a, a fucking civil war either because that would be horrible. It'd be horrifying. It'd be a terrible yeah. life for people. There'd be a, a lot of um, grief and heartache, heartache and strife. But if that's what it takes, like you said, watering the tree, that's what it Thomas takes. Thomas Jefferson said it. Oh, sorry. Yes, I didn't want to quote uh, mis uh, misquote Jefferson or, or, or give you his quote. Yeah. But if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. And it's not something like, well, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm not being cavalier about it. It's like, but what do you, what do you, what's the end game here? The end game is complete control over us, complete control over our lives. We're basically here to make sure that the elites get their good lifestyle. But it's for your own good. So we'll be living in pods. They'll tell us when and where we can, we can go. We won't be able to drive anywhere. We'll have to take their, their form of, uh, of transportation, um, and, you know, it might take a lot longer to do so you can only go, you know, and you only get certain days off. Um, and what can we eat? Probably bugs. Okay. Protein bugs. Damn it. By the next time we do this, you have to read Harrison Bergeron. Yeah, but basically told me the whole story. No, I didn't. You got to read it. Yeah. You got it. It's short. Should we do a, a special episode of me reading Harrison Bergeron? You know, that'd be, that'd actually be pretty good. <laughs> we could do that. I'm serious. And then we just talk it. about it as we do it. Yeah. So no, fun. you read it and then you talk about it afterwards, but um, I, again, they just become more and more authoritarian all the time. And it was like when we were talking about uh, that woman who was on Bill Maher saying, you know, that it would have been so much worse if, uh, you know, Trump was in charge of the Afghan pullout. And uh, they were saying, well, we can't even get, you know, and he said, how far are we going to go with this? Is it going to be people being told what to eat? And she goes, well, we can't even make them get vaccinated. How are we going to tell them what to eat? Like she's thinking about it. Like if only you know? we could. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, if one more fucking fat person tells me people who don't get vaccinated shouldn't get any health care if they get sick. Cool. Neither do you. Yeah. You fucking slovenly piece of shit. Yep. Put down the Twinkies. Because here's here's more news for you. Oh, and, and, and you shouldn't be pro-abortion, too, uh, or, or have taxpayer money pay for abortions, you fuck. Well, you're getting too far ahead of me here. Okay. But I'm just talking about... Look, if you are 5 to 15 pounds overweight, okay, you probably just need to be a little more active. If you have a hard time finding clothes that fit, or you sit in a chair and think you might break it sitting in it, or when you sit in it, uh, you go, geez, this is kind of small for my two Paul Bunyan axe handle wide ass to fit in it, you don't have a metabolism problem. Stop eating all the fucking food. Yeah. Cut your carbs, cut your calories. You have to, to maintain a weight in the morbid obese level. Yeah, buckets and buckets of chicken and ice cream. You have to be taking in a massive amount of calories. Two, uh, multiple two liter sodas, <laughs> soda bottles. And but, I get that there are people who gain weight going on some certain medications for, I, I get yeah, that Yeah, we're not stuff. talking about 
going getting over where we're talking about people that are like twice the weight they should be. Look, if you're uh, if you're five seven and you weigh two hundred and fifty plus pounds, you're working pretty hard to stay that fat. Yeah. So anyway, I don't want to hear from those people anymore about how, well, if people don't get vaccinated, they shouldn't get health care. Well, I also don't want to hear from people, like I said, that want to get abortions and want uh, want to get free and, and easy abortions and have taxpayer paid uh, abortions. If you're if it's your choice to get pregnant and not have the protection and that you want the uh, free and easy uh, abortion, then fuck off. I saw someone. This disturbed me. I saw someone make a comment on Facebook the other day about, you know, it was somebody having a debate over the abortion thing and, you know, someone saying, well, you know, two people make a choice. And this person comes back and goes, no, sometimes guys take the condom off without telling women. And the woman goes, and that's rape. Like, no, that is absolutely not what rape. It's a shitty move. It's not rape. It's a shitty move, but I can't imagine that it would happen like statistically speaking, why? What would be the reason for that? Well, I mean, some guys don't like to wear condoms. Yeah, but okay. But I mean, really, how many guys would do that and and then risk the her and, her and how you, having him on the hook for paying for that child the rest of his life? And I'm if sorry, he didn't want it. How do you not notice? Yeah. So anyway, um, but she's like, "Well, that's that's right. No, it's not." No. That, People are so stupid lately. Well, and then the the left is very, very good at uh, changing the definition of words. So they've changed the definition of racism because it's it's a uh, it's you, you can't it's a uh, what a prejudice plus power yeah or something like that. It's like shut up. Yeah, they've changed the definition of gain of function. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we'll talk about that, but let's talk about this uh, mask mandate. Uh, let's do uh, a couple would you rather's first. Oh, we're... give me the book. All right. Because you suck at pretty shitty ones last time. Yeah, but you know what I did? I picked the ones that came up. You powered through them. I didn't sit there and go, oh, this isn't a good one. Well, yeah, but I edit those out. All right. Would you rather be a humanitarian or a philanthropist? I don't even know what a friggin' humanitarian is. Humanitarian uses other people's money. A philanthropist uses your own money. No, but I mean, honestly, what does it mean by humanitarian? humanitarian? Yeah, you you go you go to galas and you go to events and you try to get people to oh, and you wear a dress that says "Tax the Rich." Yeah, on it? and then you try to get people to pay thirty thousand dollars a plate to, you know, so you can go. Yeah, yeah, that that's a humanitarian. I thought that was irony. Oh, you know what else you do? You hold up little signs in front of um, TikTok or internet or whatever, saying "Bring our girls home." That's humanitarian. You have to have a sad face on. And a sad face, like yeah. uh, like um, Michelle Michael Obama said. Um, I would rather be a I would rather be a philanthropist. a philanthropist because that means you made good money and you've got excess money to uh, to to give to people in need or don't or causes. Uh, I know what you'd pick here. Would you rather have a magic button that erases the songs you hate or bad movies from being released? Uh, uh, songs I hate. Really? Yeah. Wow, I because because most of the time going down the fucking road or in my own fucking house, if I'm outdoors working in the yard and I can hear yeah, nigga, nigga, this, nigga, nigga, this, bitch, uh, I'd be like button, button time. But when it comes, why to, do you why do you hate my music? <laughs> I wasn't gonna say, but when it comes to movies, I don't. People don't generally blare their movies out so you can hear them. 
that's all in their home or whatever. So you watch whatever fucking movie you want to watch. Look, but don't, don't blare your fucking music when I'm outside. I first of all, I don't really get offended. I I get bothered, but I don't like. I don't feel like that's a personal affront to me kind of thing. Um, and so you know, if somebody wants to play music like that, it it doesn't really bother the, me. The, but ignorance of the of the but lyrics. But if I was gonna be offended, mm. it's by some of the movies that come out now nowadays. Oh. Well, I'm just yeah, like, I mean, do you really think I'm that stupid? I'm offended by a lot of the movies that are trying to rewrite history or try to t- try to brainwash people into thinking that there's white supremacists over around yeah. every corner. But but and that's pretty bad. But I think uh, the music thing is just personally, it just drives me up a wall when I'm when I'm sitting at a stoplight and don't 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 shake that ass, bitch. Don't don't don't. Again, dun. why do you hate my music? <laughs> I just spit all over my mic when do I you did know, that. You know, honestly, do you want to? You're gonna hate this. Do you know the reason I want the movie thing? For all the movies, you go, this is a great movie. <laughs> you should check this movie out, Rooster. Like, Bang, it's gone. <laughs> Although I think technically that's not in the spirit of this because it says from being released. All the shitty movies you recommend are already out. Mm. Uh, would you rather take a step back and reflect or leap and take two steps forward? Or leap two steps forward? Uh, would I rather? I can tell you what I do. I reflect. Yeah, I think that's a better... I don't yeah, know. but sometimes it's good just to, you know, just to, you know, because you get paralyzed trying to, you right. know, trying sometimes, to decide what to do. And sometimes, sometimes you should just do it. Yeah. Damn the consequences, but not all the time. Yeah. I think, uh, I think the ability to leap two steps forward is a good thing to have. But I think if it's a either or thing, I'm going to, I'm not going to throw caution to the wind. Maybe a step and a half instead of two steps. Tootsie Pops or Jolly Ranchers? Uh, which one's Jolly Rancher? I can't remember. The little hard candies, watermelon, blue raspberry. Uh, Tootsie Pops. That's a tough one. Yeah. So are they talking about the 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 suckers that have the Tootsie in the middle, the yeah. Tootsie roll in the middle. How many looks does it take to get to the yeah. center of one of those? Way, fuckers? way, way better than Jolly Ranchers. I I don't know. That one's tough for me. I haven't had a Tootsie Pop in I don't even know how long. Years. I know what you'll say to this one. And yet I'll still read it. Okay. Uh, give your friend a false alibi to the police uh, or cover for them when their spouse asks questions. False alibi to the police. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I can see that. I don't know. I think it depends on the, it depends on what it was, too. Yeah, I could see you doing either one. Mm, the spouse thing? I, I don't want to get involved in that. I'm talking about, I was like, keep me out of that shit. Yeah, but I mean, sometimes if you have to, for your buddy, you have to. And I think that would be a function of what I think of the spouse, too. Would you play along if I tried to rope you into being an alibi and it was like last minute and you're like, oh, shit, I know what he's doing. And would you would you play along or do you go, I'm not going to answer this? I don't know. I, I think, you know, you probably wouldn't. You probably wouldn't do that with me because you'd think he's going to fuck with me halfway through this, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would take that story and run with it. Okay. So I'd back you up, but I'd make you look like an ass. So. So what was your answer for that one? Uh, I don't know. I got to be honest. They both make me nervous, but the, and this is going to come funny. It's going to be funny for me talking principles all the time. That's why I think there are mitigating factors in this. Like, what alibi are you giving? Yeah. 
to the spouse and what do you like if it if a friend of mine is married to someone I can't stand I don't like the idea of lying to cover for them if they're doing something shitty like if they're cheating on them right. I mean I'd be like that ain't cool you know but if what if you decided the last minute with a group of guys they were gonna go to a uh, to a, a pub crawl a bar crawl and they decided last minute to stop at a, a strip club and then afterwards he's like fuck my wife cannot know about this oh yeah absolutely okay I'd be like yeah sure and mm-hmm. you know like is the cop thing you know was he doing this I'm trying to think of some minor thing or are we hiding a body yeah you know. I'll help a friend hide a body. I just don't want to tell the cops that I helped didn't help a friend yeah, hide yeah. a body. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, all right. What are we talking about next? Uh, Alpha News. New study finds mask mandate failed to reduce COVID deaths, hospitalizations, or cases. It was a study published by the Southern Medical Journal reviewed by the U.S. Army Institute of Surgical Research. So that's not anything to sneeze at. Yeah. Nobody. It found mask mandates did not reduce COVID transmission or severity in the fourth largest county in Texas. And you know why? Because nobody wears the damn things. Well, even, and- if, even if they did, which I don't believe they do, I think... It wouldn't matter because it's not the correct mask. It's not... Right. But I th- where I think masks help is if you are sick... And you're coughing and stuff like that. I don't think they stop you from getting sick. Well, you know, they there was studies that like choirs would spread it because they're you know belting out their their uh... right. But if those people are sick, then they're spreading it. Yeah. If you're singing and you don't have COVID, or you don't have the flu, or you don't have whooping cough, or whatever, you can't spread it. You can't spread what you don't have. Yeah. So I think the masks help people who have it. From like coughing all over people, but I certainly don't think wearing a mask protects you. And most people aren't wearing them right anyway. No, you know. So uh, I I do notice that um, if I wear that the the paper masks or whatever they are, there's different thicknesses of those I've noticed. Um, but the the thinner ones, even wearing those, if you do anything strenuous whatsoever, like if you have your arms full of whatever a potato sack 50 pounds and you go up a flight of stairs even if you're healthy and you're wearing a mask i mean it really affects i mean you're sucking wind i mean it's like you're you're rebreathing your co2 and all that kind of shit through through that mask um i've noticed like if i'm doing some hard work and i'm wearing the mask and i'm like oh my god i'm just i can't catch my breath and you pull the mask down and you immediately feel better well that's that's why everybody's got it down under their nose yeah because it really does make that big of a difference to your ability to, you know, draw in a clear breath, which I, is what we're made to do. I love seeing the video clips of people like in a store with a mask on who pull their mask down to yell at somebody and say, put your mask on. Yeah. Well, I told you that if if, if they start really ramping up the mask uh, mandates again um, and someone confronts me and says, you know, hey, you know, where's your mask? Whatever. The first thing I'm going to do is go, what? I can't understand you. What? <laughs> I, I don't I know what you're that saying. was actually my idea. What was my idea? My idea. I don't take credit for other people's ideas. And then, and sure then, you do. And then I was going to say. Yes, you do. And then I was going to wait for them to pull the mask down and yell at me and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you trying to infect everybody? Put that fucking mask on. <laughs> See, I think that part was your idea. <sighs> I, said, I told you about the guy that confronted me. And, and uh, this was before I, I came up with the idea on my own uh-huh. of doing that. Um, and I. 
I, I told him, yeah, I've, uh, you know, I've got a condition. I, I, I'm not wearing masks. And he goes, oh, you want to do And then he like started getting smart with me and then he stepped like three, three paces closer to me and I go, whoa, 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 six feet, buddy. And then he got this <laughs> yeah. like chagrined look on his face like, oh shit, I just fucked up. I'm like, oh, you idiot. Oh, you fucking. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to do though. What I'm going to do is when someone goes, where's your mask? I go, I'm not tolerating your racism. There you go. <laughs> A uh, new study published misogynistic in, piece of shit. in the Southern Medical Journal found that a countywide mask order in Bexar County, Texas, did not lead to a reduction in COVID-19 hospitalization rates or deaths. The study, which was peer-reviewed, analyzed data, data, sorry, I say data now because of Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, that was a character, if anybody doesn't. Anyways. Still is. Before and after mandates were imposed at both the state level and in Baxter County, Texas's uh, fourth largest county. Uh, we defined the control period as June 2nd to July 2nd and the post mask order period as July 8th to August 12th with a five day gap to account for the median blah, 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 blah. This is boring. Data were reported on a per 100,000 population basis using respective U.S. Census Bureau reported populations. So it means they did it right. Authors of the study, which was reviewed by the U.S. Army Institute of Surgical Research, analyzed the daily average number of COVID-19 cases, hospitalizations, ICU visits, patients on ventilators, and deaths, and concluded the policy did not reduce any of these metrics. Here's a quote. All the measured outcomes were higher on average in the postmark period, as were uh, co-variables included in the adjusted model, the researchers said. There was no reduction in per-population daily mortality, hospital bed, ICU bed, or ventilator occupancy of COVID-19 positive patients attributed to the implementation of mask-wearing mandates. So there you go. Well, I saw a study, I can't remember where it was now, that basically showed the states listed by, um, it was a per capita cases of covid so, and it showed them red versus blue, and there was no pattern to it at all. Um, and then it showed them in comparison to their level of lockdown. So, like Florida, for example, was, they were very wide open, and they were 26th or 27th. California, extremely locked down, was one state behind it. Yeah. Three of the biggest lockdown states, uh, New York, New Jersey, and uh, Rhode Island, top three. But, you know, it's just, it, the point is, you can say all you want about masks. They didn't appear to do anything. And you can say, well, people didn't wear them right. Fine, but they're not gonna. And there's no way you can possibly enforce it. You just can't make the, every the single The only way person. you could enforce it is if people were seeing people drop over, uh, keel over in the streets from it, and people go, oh, shit, this is really as bad as they say. And then people would be like, yeah, I'm wearing that fucking mask. Well, now watch the left. They'll be like, you know what? COVID causes bullet wounds. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that guy. He didn't have a mask on. And he fell. Uh, so other studies have found, however, that masks reduce the spread of COVID-19, including a large-scale analysis from Bangladesh. 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 Currently in preprint and under peer review at the journal Science. Here's a quote. We now have evidence from a randomized controlled trial that mask promotion increases the use of face coverings and prevents the spread of COVID-19, said Stephen Luby, a professor of medicine at Stanford, who co-authored the study. Others, however, contest this conclusion. 
Quote, the Bangladesh mass study does not show a statistically significant difference in the efficacy of cloth masks versus surgical masks, Harvard epidemiologist Martin Kuldorf recently observed. Based on the confidence intervals, both could be around 0% or both could be around 20%. See, you know why you can't trust that study, though? Because every one of those people from Bangladesh has to pull the mask down when they call you to ask, have you... um you know, updated your car warranty. <laughs> it's Bangladeshis that do that? Bangladeshis? I think so. Oh, boy. It's so, that part of the world. But, you know, we need to follow the science, even though there's uh, their science, you know, it depends on which science scientist you're going to. It's all, you know, it, it's whoever, if, if you say, I've got a, a person with such and such degrees telling me this, and you go, well, I've got a person with such and such degree, the exact same degrees telling me the other thing. That's what's been happening left and right. It's like, there's no such thing as the science. There's, you know, who, who do you, who do you choose to trust? You know, you make those decisions as a free person. You, it's up to you to decide if you want to, uh, if you feel that you can trust somebody and go with what they say, then do it. If you don't, like I was saying with Trump, um, I, I trust some of what he says, not everything, <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't trusting Trump on the mat on the uh, vaccine shit. Well, and neither was Kamala Harris or Joe Biden. Right. So, uh, a recent New York Magazine article said conflicting research on mask mandates combined with the absence of outbreaks in European schools that do not require children to wear masks suggest the science and masks remains uncertain. In light of the unclear efficacy of masks and mask mandates as a mitigation to slow the spread of COVID-19, many would argue it seems both unscientific and unhelpful to compel people to wear masks. Uh, people, of course, are free to wear face coverings if they wish. This perhaps is why many people are beginning to resist measures that require them to wear face coverings to attend local gathering, gatherings and public meetings. Well, so we're talking about science, uh, the science, which is a euphemism, euphemism at this point for things I believe that you should do, just like racist means people I disagree with. Mm -hmm. um, I put this... Uh, quote on the Bread and Circus's Facebook page from John F. Kennedy that said, uh, the great enemy of truth is very often not a lie. It's deliberate, contrived, and dishonest, but the myth persistent and persuasive and unrealistic. Follow the science, they say. Yeah. I, I mean, the science is a euphemism for yeah. science is a euphemism for what I believe, not what is true. You know, and just like racism is a euphemism for people I dis or racist is a euphemism for people I disagree with. Yeah. So well, let's talk about real quick before we run out of time here. Um, new details of Fauci funding Chinese gain of function research vindicate Rand Paul. No, see, it wasn't gain of function. Oh, it wasn't, huh? No. Rand Paul, if you watch that testimony between Rand Paul and Fauci, it was so obvious that Fauci was trying to equivocate, was trying to um, uh, trying to do the typical leftist redefining what words are, what, what is is, like Clinton. It, it all depends on what is is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And my point is, what was what is gain of function? He first tried to sort of dance around like going, well, we gave those people money. We don't know what they did with it. And then they're like, yeah, you did. Here's the, here are the document requests that show you knew what they were doing. I can't remember the name of the one, uh, the one uh, doctor who got a bunch of money from the NIH who, who wrote back to Fauci and said, hey, thanks for doing that, sort of having my back on yeah. that thing. 
And Fauci then goes, yeah, but what he was doing wasn't gain-of-function research. And Rand Paul goes, no, it's the definition. And everybody knows at this point what gain-of-function is. It's the when you take a virus and you... I don't. I don't know. And you work on it to make it um, do something that it wouldn't naturally do. Are you gaslighting me? Yes. Um, <clears throat> but not only did the, do the do we did this NIH and American... Um, money gets sent over to China for gain of function research. It also does all kinds of other nefarious research that we found out that they're doing uh, animal testing. And the reason they've been sending money over to China to do animal testing, because it's illegal here in the United States to do it. But the, these, you know, and so we're supposed to trust that these big pharmaceuticals have our best interests at hearts, our best, best interests at heart, and that they're just doing what, you know, they're, they're not doing this for the money, uh, these vaccines and stuff. Um, but the, Fauci's uh, NIH is in bed with all these pharmaceutical companies in one way or another. And then in order to facilitate um, uh, their research, they go outside of what's legal in the United States by just sending money and funding it overseas. And then these, then, then they do this unethical research overseas. You don't know how much of this shit is, you know, Chinese Uyghurs that are getting test, tested on shit, you know, cause they're, they're slave labor over there to make your microchips and whatever. And then they've got animals over there. I saw a picture This sucks, but I saw a picture of one of the facilities had two beagles laying on a, did you see this? Mister? I don't know if I want to hear about two, this. two beagles laying on a, on a, on a bed. They were sedated. And they had their heads stuffed inside of a, um, like a mosquito netting thing. And they were having like, I don't know what kind of, um, fleas or something just attack the dogs basically. And then, uh, when that, when that was all, you know, so they couldn't fight back, they couldn't do anything and just biting the shit out of them. And then when they're done, they dissect them to see what happens. And that's the kind of shit that you can't do here in America, but we're sending money over there knowing full fucking well that they're doing all kinds of unethical and illegal shit that we couldn't do here. Um, I found this quote that I was looking for that I posted on the Bread and Circuses page, and this applies when it comes to the science. It's from John F. Kennedy. It says, The great enemy of truth is very often not the lie, deliberate, contrived, and dishonest, but the myth, persistent, persuasive, and unrealistic. Too often we hold fast to the cliches of our forebearers. We subject all facts to a prefabricated set of interpretations. We enjoy the comfort of opinion without the discomfort of thought. And the point being, we don't want to know what we don't want to know. And that's why they say, when you say stuff like, the masks don't work, here's the science. Um, we have something like 9 million cases of COVID at this point last year and 0% of people vaccinated. We have like 9.1 million cases and 71% of the population vaccinated. And people hear that stuff and their cognitive dissonance kicks in and they just go, look, you got to trust the science. And you can go, that's what the fucking science says right there. And so Fauci is at that point. He's been caught. He knows what he did. And he's lied to Congress about it, which, by the way, we've redefined what lying to Congress means. You know, if you do it with the right intention or you got the right president in place or you just feel good about the guy, then it's OK. Yeah. And so he is busted on this stuff and he's redefining what gain of function is. And he's looking at and the worst part about this is he's looking at Rand Paul like he doesn't know anything about this stuff, you know. Rand Paul's a doctor too. Now, is he an immunologist or virologist like Fauci is? No. You don't have to be. 
but he's not stupid. Yeah. You know? So this is from uh, Kristen Justice. That doesn't sound like a real name from The Federalist. Uh, new, tale, new details to emerge surrounding Dr. Anthony Fauci's National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease grant approval for high-risk experiments overseas contradicts the agency's agency director's repeated denials under oath about whether the NIAID had funded gain-of-function research. On Monday, The Intercept reported finding from 900 pages of material released from the act, uh, an Act of Freedom of Information Act lawsuit that details the work of the New York-based nonprofit EcoHealth Alliance with the National Institute of Health. The trove of documents, according to The Intercept, uncovered new specifics into a pair of grant proposals that received U.S. tax dollars from Fauci's NIAID. With the existence of the first grant awarded to EcoHealth Alliance, understanding the risk of bat coronavirus emergence. That was the name of it. That was the first grant. Understanding the risk of bat coronavirus emergence had already been reported and used to challenge Dr. Fauci for NIAID funding for gain of research uh, function research. Documents from The Intercept expanded the public scope of the research conducted into Wuhan beyond bats. The annual grant of roughly $600,000 ran from 2014 to 2019. For the first three years of the grant, funding for gain-of-function research, wherein scientists extract viruses from the wild and engineer them to infect humans to study potential therapeutics such as vaccines, was banned. Richard uh, Ebright, a molecular biologist at Rutgers University, explained to The Intercept the viruses they constructed were tested for their ability to infect mice that were engineered to display human-type receptors in their cell. There was also two different types of novel coronaviruses, uh, Ebright said, that the documents make clear would infect humanized mice. That sounds so creepy, humanized mice. I know. Fuck. While they were working on SARS-related coronavirus, they were carrying out a parallel project at the same time on Middle East Respiratory Syndrome-related coronavirus. MERS. Um, yeah. The bat coronavirus studies supported with taxpayer dollars through EcoHealth in an apparent effort to circumvent the U.S. moratorium, moratorium on gain-of-function research began to make headlines earlier this year as the pandemic waned in the sunset of effective vaccines. The research conducted in Wuhan, the site of the first COVID-19 outbreak, has long drawn scrutiny as likely spawning the virus that infected more than 220 million people worldwide. And a theory first dismissed as a conspiracy by the political establishment until this summer. In May, Kentucky Republican Senator Rand Paul challenged Dr. Fauci on the issue before the Senate Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions. He goes, uh, gain-of-function research, as you know, is juicing up naturally occurring animal viruses to infect humans. To arrive at the truth, the U.S. government should admit that the Wuhan Virology Institute was experimenting to enhance the coronavirus's ability to infect humans. Dr. Fauci... Um, emphatically denied Paul's accusation. Senator Paul, with all due respect, you are entirely, entirely and completely incorrect, Fauci said. The NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Except for when we did. Mm -hmm. Except for then. Yeah, they sparred again over the issue two months later, where Fauci repeatedly denied the U.S. government-funded gain-of-function research. Under his purview, Dr. Fauci, as you are aware, it is a crime to lie to Congress, Paul said, pressing the, the director on whether the doctor would retract statements from May denying involvement. Unless Nancy Pelosi likes yeah. you. Senator Paul, can you do a Fauci? 
Senator, Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about. Quite frankly, and I want to say that officially, you do not know what you're talking about, said a visibly frustrated Dr. Fauci, used to the cheerleading questions of friendly press. Hold on. <laughs> I can't do that voice without coughing. All right. So this is all old news. As but you're aware. Yeah, he's... I, but I, I mean, I he gets—he's on—he's on the new hes on all these um, these lefty media shows nonstop, and he—they—they they won't ask him any hard questions. They won't bring any of this up. But it's so easy to find—he contradicts himself like weekly, weekly. Mm-hmm. They'll someone will ask him one thing, and then a week later they'll ask him some other person will ask him that same question, and he'll give the opposite response. Well, uh, Clay and Buck were saying. You know, we're hoping we could get him on. And Clay Travis or Buck Sexton goes, well, he is kind of shy. He doesn't like to do a lot of media. <laughs> yeah. Well, didn't uh, Time Magazine vote and say he was the sexiest man alive? Yeah. Something like that? A little five foot four, 82-year-old yeah. man, I'm sure. Yeah, this is, I mean, but here, it's just another example of, I, I just don't see, I don't, I don't see any consequences for him from this. No, I don't either. So it's, it's, it's. Yeah, it's frustrating. It's like, then what are we? What are we doing? What are we voting for when we vote people in? If if I, I, I well, they're saying, well, I guess the the answer to that would be like, well, you didn't get your people in. It leads people to do crazy and irrational things. Yeah, and that's not good. No, nope. you know, you can only you can only push someone so much. Did you ever see that one um, that one video? It, it was one of those uh, bullying videos where. Little kid was, uh, um, it reminded me so much of that. I know I've referenced this before, that scene in A Christmas Story with Scott Farkas and his little buddy, you know, picking on everybody. But it was a, sort of a chubby kid in a hallway at a school. And uh, this smaller kid is picking on him and his buddy's there too. So it was kind of a two-on-one. And you could tell the bigger kid, he must have been picked on before by this kid because this small kid was emboldened. And the big kid just, the kid getting bullied, just picked him up. Yeah, I saw Have you it. seen that? Yeah. And he threw him down. Yeah. Like, that kid is fucked up. It was like a choke slam almost. But it was, I mean, there was something wrong with that kid. Like, he had a concussion or something. Yeah. He had, oh, yeah. He got up He got up, and he was, uh, his legs were like rubber bands. They wouldn't work. Yeah. And uh, so his bigger buddy, who was always, it appears, I'm guessing, sort of backing him up sort of slides in to do something to this kid and somebody from the crowd cuts in in between him is like mm, no yeah let's let this go but you could see and the reason I reference this is that was someone who got pushed too far too often too much mm-hmm. and just snapped and I'm worried that this authoritarian leaning and I don't care that you don't agree with that word but that's what it is with the get your shot, you know, uh, wear a mask, don't leave your house, shut down your business. Just take a look at what's happening in Australia. Well, have you seen how the people are responding to that now? Like they're flooding to the beaches and stuff in big groups just saying, stop us. Hmm. You know, um, the people in Australia are starting to riot. I'm surprised because they were very, uh, and it was very lackluster, the response from so far of what I've seen. One, one person stands up, he gets hauled off to jail, and everybody kind of stands there and watches. But I think... I think it, and you and I talked about this, you know, just on the phone the other day. 
I think it takes a couple of people having that done to him with nobody standing in before somebody goes, shit, they're doing this again. Yeah. And I posted this thing on the Bread and Circus' Facebook page about uh, it, it was a Hungarian survivor, Jewish survivor of the Holocaust. Said people said, why didn't you fight back? Why didn't you do something? He said, it was just little stuff, and we just kept thinking it was going to go away. And then they said, then they made us put a gold star on our shirt to go outside, and then we started to get worried. Yep. <clears throat> you know, and that's I, – I keep seeing people say, oh, so you're comparing mer- wearing a mask with – uh, you know, killing all the Jews. No, I'm not. I'm comparing wearing a mask with wearing a star. Yeah. You know, because the masks aren't working. They aren't doing anything. You know, hell, you could make a case that the vaccinations aren't doing anything. As far as infection rates, I'm not going to argue that they're keeping people out of ICUs. You know, I mean, but, if you... Uh, what else could be keep people out of ICUs if you use the right... Uh, um, yeah, uh, therapeutics therapeutics on people so i agree i understand i i don't know yeah but what i what i do know is that if you get the shot at this point and you get it's not stopping you from getting covid but it's like the flu shot if you get a strain of the flu it's going to fight it off you're going to have more resistance you probably won't wind up on a respirator in the icu but i'm i'm worried about what the shot still has in it well yeah but regardless back to my example about what I posted from that Hungarian Holocaust survivor. Um, I'm not comparing the, the wearing a mask with killing 6 million Jews. I'm comparing it with putting a star on. The problem is you can look at the first one and say, well, you know, they killed 6 million Jews and you can say, you know, that whole story. And you're just telling yourself this one isn't going a certain direction. Do I think it's going to result in killing six million people who didn't get vaccinated? No. Is it beyond the pale to ever think that? No. But did the people in 1930s Germany think? Right. It wasn't going to do. Is something? there no circumstance that that could happen? No, there 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 is a circumstance that, that it could was happen. used to dehumanize and ostracize a group of people. Yeah. Which is exactly what this is doing. You got guys like Howard Stern saying, "Fuck your freedoms," you know, and and Schwarzenegger get your shot. You know, well, at least Schwarzenegger backed down on it. Oh, I didn't hear. That he yeah, did. he was like, well, he goes, I didn't mean to say screw your freedoms. I get people want to have freedom and all it's that too stuff. Too late. Too little too late. I know. But it's it's that authoritarian leaning, you know? Well, it's and what they're saying is uh, uh, you don't you don't have more of a right to uh, to spread a disease than I have to live my life. That's their response. Let That's me my a- right. Let me ask you this. What can you think of right now that if I said, look, if you were in power, absolute power, what should people be required to do? One thing? I mean, there's many things. Give me anything. What are they required to do? If you were supreme leader of the universe, what Uh, would you compel people to do? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I have to think about it. There's a lot of things. Like uh, I'd say if you're able-bodied, you should work and not not get uh, assistance, not get government assistance. Right, but that's not that's not something you're requiring them to do. That's you're taking away. You're As, taking assistance. Yeah, you're taking away the. Yeah, I guess they didn't. They wouldn't have to work if they're not getting taxpayer money. So I wouldn't be forcing them to work. Right. All right. You're not take. You're not forcing them to do a thing. Yeah. 
You're you're yeah, taking think away of, the the yeah, yeah. instrument of enablement. I guess I can't think of something I'd want to force someone to do. That's my point. Oh. <laughs> Whereas like, if you I was give like, what am I what am I what do I want to make people do? If you give people on the yeah. left the ability to they got a list. Yeah. Well, here's the list. We're going to make you do this. Oh, gonna, you definitely have to use someone's preferred pronouns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'd be number one on my list right there. Yeah. I just, some point I want someone to be like, uh, well, you know what my preferred pronouns are? What? Your Lord and Savior. That's going to trigger some people. <laughs> but I, I, you know, you must refer to me that as that every time. Yeah. So, I, and, and, I, and not your, my, so when you say, when you talk about Crow, you go, remember when Crow said, uh, that, my Lord and Savior just wanted to, uh, you know, wanted to get people to work. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what you have to do every time. Yeah. I I can't remember what mine would be. It was something like uh, the myth, the legend kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Those, those are my pronouns, the myth, the legend. You know? <laughs> Not um, big old swinging dick? Nah. I mean, come on. We all know that's a lie. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I it, the point is there's... There are a lot of things I think you should do that it's like it would be in your best interest to do this. It would be in everybody's best interest for you to do this. But I wouldn't make the government come in and make you do it. You know? Yeah. The whole the whole point of having especially American kind of ideal is that you're trying to limit people imposing their will on you. Right. That's exactly it. So, but we don't to, we don't teach history in school anymore. Yeah. We don't teach what the founding fathers meant when they wrote the Constitution. So, hmm. well, it's too late to get into other stories, but uh, and I'm sure we won't talk about these next time. But uh, so I won't bring them up. So if you <laughs> if there's anything you want us to talk about, uh, you can contact us through email. Um, or I was going to bring up that special surprise for you. Oh, you do. We ran out of time, oh, so I'm just not going to talk about it. Uh, the email is rooster at bread and circuses podcast.com or crow at bread and circuses podcast.com. By the way, there wasn't a special prize. I was just making a point. Oh, great point. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, well, how else, also, how else can people contact us or, or, or get our attention? Signal, I don't know. Signal how. fires, <laughs> smoke signals on the Facebook page uh, at bread and circuses podcast. See you. Bye. 